Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hey there, this is Michelle Spivey, your practical priestess of wisdom with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. I want to invite you to come on in the room because today we're going to be talking about the thing about lazy people's success. Did y'all know all around you, there are people that do not work a fraction as hard as Joe Q Public? Oh, yes. And today we're going to be looking at some of the top things that we can emulate in three quick sections that we're going to talk about to help us all learn from how lazy people become real successful. So join me on the flip. It's going to be good. Hey there, this is Michelle. Thank you so much for joining me on the flip. Hmm. So the thing about lazy people success, I want to talk about that. And the reason why I want to talk about it is because I am seeing that all of this work that we are finding ourselves doing, me, you, all of us, I'm like, I need to have better returns on what's happening. And so I have started looking at those people who use that word that I told you I don't don't like to use, that word, quote unquote, just. And those who are using that word just and getting results. And I was uh, running across something in uh, a project that I'm working on, uh, trying to get done. And the person actually said, and I mean, I think they're a brilliant person. They said, I'm lazy. That's what they said. I am lazy. And I was like, wait a minute, but you do so much. And they talked about how they don't like to do a lot of the stuff that people say is required to have the things that they have proven that they can get. And, you know, they talked a little bit more about, you know, uh, justifying uh, outsourcing as much as you can. Like they were like, why clean my house when I can pay somebody to do that and I can find a way to do something else that will both pay them and pay me? And I was like, that's clever. And so I took that and I was like, hmm, wisdom, because I'm tired. You know, I don't like to use that word, but I'm going to tell you, it's, 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 it's got enough has got to be enough. So I started, lo and behold, looking and I'm telling you guys, you're going you gonna to say, Michelle, you were on it. When you seek, you will find. And so I started looking for people who were quote unquote noted as being um, lazy. (laughs) And uh, it was amazing because there are different ways to be lazy. There are, are, are ways that will have you not achieving anything. But if you get it right, 
the, there are ways that will help you to soar above so many other people. And what I wanted to focus on today, of course, is the one where you soar above so many different people. And that is, they have a secret. And their secret is that they are not trying to be lazy to get out of anything. I'm going to say that again. The quote unquote lazy people who have success, their end goal is not to avoid doing work. Their end goal is to save them from doing superfluous work from doing busy work, from doing unnecessary, arbitrary, whatever you want to call it, but work that does not make sense to them. And what I am starting to see, how my awareness is starting to be opened, is that most of these people are ingenious. They are very clever. They look at life in an innovative tilt. They think outside of systems to make their own systems. They ask questions and challenge the status quo. Case in point, the person that I referenced that started me on this journey of looking for the wisdom of why is it people are having success who are not doing all the stuff people said we needed to do. And what I am finding is that they are capturing the ability to find a way to prioritize their effort and the priority. And and like I said, this is just my opinion. This is not where you can say, oh, this is how it's done. This is just my opinion through observation. And so the hierarchy seems to me is what they tend to do is when confronted with a task, a project, a goal, a desire even, they look at it to see everything that is repetitious. Meaning they look at the stuff that's redundant effort, meaning you're doing it over and over again, or somebody else might be able to do it or somebody else is doing it. And so they first look at the physical, the energy that is expressed in trying to accomplish the goal. And I have started to see that a lot of lazy people and, and, I might be lazy in this because I'm like, why should I do all of that work? There's got to be a different way. If you've ever asked yourself, then you are thinking uh, the way a uh, person who might be classified as lazy is. But they start, because I can't claim it because I don't have the success they have yet, but they start by the physical. What can I outsource, do away with, eliminate, update, upgrade, or whatever that causes me to not have to put so much physical energy in it? And you are probably well aware of this because it's all around us. It's those people who learn how to quickly stop attaching, are you ready? Their time for money or their time for gain. Lazy people in the sense that society would call them lazy because they feel like they're not paying their dues, are really good at not expending energy and time for gain. Instead, like I said, they start to look at a totality of the system to to take out all the unnecessary parts, but that still give you the majority of the desired outcome. So that's one of the things. The next thing is, is that when you're dealing with a person who is clever enough to figure out how to get out of the work, you know, little W work, meaning that work that everybody thinks, oh, if I do this, I'm really getting somewhere. Once they figure out how to get out of doing that stuff that really doesn't get you anywhere, the next thing they do 
is they look at how can I now automate or speed up the work to achieve something. And you guys know that I have been uh, studying strategy and I've been studying um, notable as well as notorious people throughout history. And uh, there's a book called Titan that is the biography of John D. Uh, Rockefeller. And it is uh, whew, it's something, <laughs> but it's causing me to pause and go look at other things instead of just reading it straight through because I almost feel like I have to build a well-rounded 360. And as I am doing that, I am learning that, yes, we can look at the man, but we need to look at not only the man and his intentions, but his impact. And no one would call John D. Rockefeller lazy by any stretch of the imagination because of how great his success has been. But if you look at it in context of what truly ingenious lazy people do, he's lazy. And the reason why is because he was able to articulate a concept that has is ageless, but he brought it into vogue when he talked about leverage. And so with the leverage, he even says, and I'm paraphrasing this, that uh, if given the chance to either work at 100% or 100 hours, I would rather have uh, 100 people working at 1% or one hour. And it was very powerful in that we're like, oh, this is clever. But if you look at it from a person who is lazy, who is like, I don't want to do not one more piece of nothing that I'm not supposed, that I don't need to do to get what I want. That's lazy, <laughs> but it's very powerful. And so the people that society might classify as lazy tend to not wear that that blood-stained banner of working their fingers to the bone. Instead, they step back and they look at how can I stop changing my time for money? How can I stop using my physical effort to do something? If there is a way for me to outsource it or get somebody else to do it and a way for them it to be a win-win where they get compensated and I get compensated, I'll go for it. So that's part of it, but then they're really good at automating, meaning they they make it as non-manual as possible, automatic. I mean, I even started looking at the progression of great inventors and um, engineers of the 20th century and started learning that there was a pattern. Remember I told you, you know, we have these patterns. There was a pattern that once somebody invented something, inevitably, there would be someone who would take it and automate it. And then more people would be willing to use it because, you guessed it, they don't have to expend as much energy to operate. So let's take the car. So I know uh, I used to think that Henry Ford invented the car, but you know, through the years, I found out that that was not the case. He was just really good at engineering a better product. But even with that, I looked at the progression from when cars first uh, went into uh, production and how there were many gears and pulleys and we called it, you know, shifts and stick shifts and the like that you would have to use to operate the car. And uh, it, it became a new skill that people had to learn. You know, I know how to drive a manual stick you know, shift car. Um, but it was something to learn it. 
But then, lo and behold, you had people that were like, you know, well, we want to expand the market. We want to have it where more people are able to drive who who don't want to have to use their feet and feet and hands at the same time. And so they started learning how to make the the gears and the shift uh, work together when um, a, a need for acceleration or more power was needed to, you know, make it automated. And so that became the the popular way to the point where you're hard pressed now. Well, I can't speak for the world, but for a general passenger type of uh, automobile, you're hard pressed to go and just think that you're going to buy a, um, a, a manual shift car. You have to almost ask for it. Now, of course, you know, with some of the larger vehicles, you can find them and all that kind of stuff. But for, for the Joe Q population, this is, uh, <laughs> this is the norm that we are used to the automatic and on and on. I mean, when I started looking at some of the inventions that we now take for granted and how everything seems to move to the way of what the lazy person is able to see from the get-go, it's amazing. Did you realize that when they came out with the invention, uh, and I hate to say this, but the invention of margarine, you used to have to, it came in um, two parts. You would mix it together to make it look like butter. You and, and I thought it was just the coloring, but it has a little agent in it to make it creamy and all of that. So you would get the, the, um, the base, if you would, and add in this concoction that had a little bit of color and a little bit of agent to make it creamy like butter. And that's what it looked like when it first came out. But lo and behold, they started removing that. Let's look at, and I know I'm on the food kick, but cakes, making cakes. Everybody, not everybody, but a a large percentage of the population love sweets and cakes. Well, they moved from uh, assembling, if you will, all the ingredients to buy and make a cake to making it into a box where you could add an egg or add some oil and water and mix and go. And so we're always moving toward the lazy uh, person's success uh, plan. And I was like, this is right in front of my face. Why did I not see this? I'm working myself crazy. And I, like I said, going back, the seeker's reward is is real, you guys, because I am not calling anybody lazy because I don't want it to be taken as an insult. I'm actually looking at it as, <laughs> as a gift that is amazing for those who use their uh, need to not expend so much energy on, on frivolous things. Uh, so we talked about the physical. So let me stick, stick to my notes. Okay. So the next part. Uh, that I'm starting to observe. And uh, trust me, you guys, this is the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more, but we only got a little bit of time today. And I want to just give you the good stuff to get you started. So after we look at the physicality, then there is the mental component. And the mental component is two-pronged. The mental component is both thinking and feeling. And so for the lazy person's success, They innately work with these two prongs at the same time. What they're doing is they are looking at ways to now, once they've automated the physical and all of that, they're now looking at ways to systematize or simplify what it is they want, want to achieve so that they can do it over and over again. So 
Think about appliances. Appliances, nobody would say, oh, you should be ashamed of yourself for having a wash machine and dryer, a dishwasher, an oven, a refrigerator. You should be ashamed. No, we take that as the norm. And you're, you know, I can imagine you're nodding your head like, yeah, that makes sense. Well, it's the same thing with how, quote unquote, lazy people do their thought processing. They find ways to create mental constructs that are kind of like a template or a macro where when they engage in it, it spits out what they need. I have um, worked, had the pleasure of working with a lot of great minds that don't look great on the surface, but they really are. And I remember uh, working with this one gentleman and his take on his job was, it was zany. I'll just say that. So, Uh, We were working together and he had this way of uh, stopping and saying, wait. And he would say this and it was the weirdest thing. He would say, wait, we're about to get into an area that I'm not going through. I'm not explaining this one more time. And so what he would do is is he would stop and he would uh, go and find a file. And he would say, check your email. I wrote all this down. If there's anything that is not covered in what I wrote down, then we can talk about that. But read that first because I don't want to have to keep saying this over and over again. And it used to rub some people the wrong way. But for me, I thought it was wonderful because it wasn't policies and procedures of the company that we were working for. It was how to work with him. And I had never seen anything like that in my life. And I remember some of my coworkers actually accusing him of being lazy. They were like, that man does not want to do anything that is not absolutely specific to what you ask. He will not do not one thing more, but they couldn't say that he did nothing less. And I remember that. And now that I'm going through this and sharing with you guys, you know, like I said, I started studying and looking for. And when he came back up, I was like, that is the most brilliant thing. If you have a, a job, because that's that's how it was, and you know you get asked frequently, que- frequently asked questions all the time that are about how to deal with you, how to interact with you, I think it's great that he collected all of those and put them in these different documents. And yes, honey, he had different documents. Trust you me. Uh, Cause he ended up sending me two. I was like, Oh my gosh, that is something, you know? Um, but it was, it was, it was, like I said, zany at the time. But now that I see that we can learn a lot from these people who are wired this way. It's amazing. When you think about it, they are actually the ones who run the world, which brings me to the next thing. So with the, the the next thing, when they're trying to systematize like he did, they also have this little thing about being able to simplify. I went to a conference and you guys, I actually, if you're listening to this at the time of recording, thank you. Um, but I was doing a conference for a week, so I thought I was going to be able to get my podcast every day, but that didn't work out. But thank you for showing up anyway. And if you are listening to this after the fact, forget everything I just said. Um, moving on, I went to a conference and um, this gentleman had had great success. And he can't, he comes up, he's got overalls on, he is, he refuses to dress for the event. And I was loving it. I like, you know, quirky people that d- just march to their own beat. And they were asking, well, how did you do all of this? And he, and he even said, he said, you know, I don't like to make, I don't like to make things complicated or I won't stick with it. That's code for I'm lazy. I'm only going to do what's advantageous to get the job done. He 
punctuates that by saying, I only do one thing at a time. If you're wanting me to do more than one thing at a time until I've mastered it, then we've got a problem. And he went on to say, the stuff that I'm just telling you now, he says, I do one thing at a time so that when I learn it, I know it. And once I know it, I can grow it is what he was saying. And he says he talked about how once he learns something and if it could be trained and someone else could learn it, he would he would do that so that other people could take care of that to the point where he was able to do nothing but have to come up with the ideas, the uh, preliminary plans. And then he would have other people do the And he called it the groundwork and he called them foot soldiers. And so he was positioning himself as a general and I'm OK with that. But when it comes down to it, he was an innovative mind that understood that he did not want to do all the time. He didn't want to do all those steps. He didn't want to have to come um, continuously do things every day. And so he learned to deal with one thing at a time so he could master it and then make a plan for it and then outsource it or t- teach it to a subordinate and activate the leverage like Rockefeller did. And when I'm looking at this innovation, when I'm looking at the cleverness, it's like thinking about the ultimate trickster, Bugs Bunny. If you are familiar with Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers cartoon character, Bugs Bunny, Bugs was always uh, getting people to do stuff for him, especially Elmer Fudd and Daft Duck. Um, but he, he, he wasn't he was never not willing to do something. I mean, he would tunnel through ground and everything. He would, you know, the famous saying about this is an Albuquerque or I should have taken a left at Albuquerque or something like that. Uh, but what he showed was that there are people who play at a different level than the, than most of us. And because we don't understand the level they play at, a lot of times they get labeled as lazy because they don't necessarily need to do all the stuff that we do. And I am amending the way I look at things. When I see someone who says, I'm not doing all of that, I'm going to look closely at what they are willing to do because they got a little something. You know, I am taking off the mantle of work of workaholic and I am going to truly embrace uh, working on as much as possible to learn at the feet of these people who are like, I am not doing anything more than I need to, to achieve my goals. And it's not where there's anything, um, to be ashamed of, of in their case because they do really well. And then here is the the next part that was very fascinating to me. And that is lazy does not mean without effort. For the person who we would class used to classify as lazy, not willing to do what m- most of society has agreed to do. They a lot of times are extremely passionate and proactive in doing the things that they want to do. I've found that lazy people are lazy because they are trying to make sure that they can give themselves as much time to do the stuff that they want to do. Now, for some of them, it might be lounging and taking it easy, but for others, it could possibly be where they are uh, giving themselves as much time to explore passions that produce and do look like work to some of us. I think of. Um, 
the uh, trainings that I've, I've uh, gone through with uh, dilemma training and, and dilemma fatigue and choice and thought fatigue and how a lot of people who are um, prominent for doing great things tend to fit into this particular category of what we would call lazy people. For instance, you've got a lot of people used to be really popular in like the tech world and Silicon Valley, uh, where you would have, uh, people who would wear the same thing every day. They still do. And at first I was like, that's just lazy. You should, you should, you know, have some variety. We got to look at you every day. But when I realized that it was not because they didn't want fashion sense, but that need was lower to their need of, of, of desiring and wanting more time to do the things they were passionate about. So any and everything that they still needed to do for themselves that required a decision that would take away their ability to make bigger decisions, they got rid of it. Whether that meant um, wearing the same uh, uniform, if you will, daily. Or if it meant only uh, driving the same type of car and vehicle or, or whatever it was, I, I started to notice that that part of the simplification that the lazy people are really good at was in full effect uh, and, and that it did not look like we would expect. It looked like I appreciate my time enough to simplify everything else so I can have all of my mental juice and power to be specialized on the stuff that I'm passionate about. And that's how you can have people that can excel because they have given themselves every opportunity, uh, availability, and um, time, if you will, because they, they hoard their time, they protect their time and love their time to be able to explore the stuff that they're passionate about. Now, I'm hoping that by this point, you can see that this type of lazy person is way different from the other type who does not have <laughs> any plans or, or anything. So I am not saying that all lazy people are created equally. We definitely have some that do not achieve anything. And yes, uh, they still get the side eye from a lot of us. But at that other end, and you know, there are always opposites and gradients of anything that you look at. At that other end, a lot of these people, some of them are willing to say um, uh, that they're uh, lazy. Some of them are not. But you'll notice that a lot of times they run the world. And what they do is they make the systems that we follow. They take whatever is produced and they find a way to simplify it and make it easier to save everybody time. If you're looking at inventors, inventors, they don't want to go to a nine to five. They want to be able to work on tinkering and looking at the great possibilities and pulling them from the 5D down into the 3D. They want to make it manifest here on earth of what their minds are thinking is possibly capable. And thus, they do what needs to be done or they ignore everything that does not absolutely matter to be able to focus on inventing. And inevitably, if they are uh, able to get that out, they or somebody behind them will come and simplify it even more. If you look at these patterns, we always move from complex to simple. And lazy folk, they have mastered how to get to simple faster than the rest of us.
So if you're like, okay, Michelle, that's great. How do I start uh, learning from uh, uh, how lazy people succeed? Well, the first thing is, is do the same thing. Get to the point where you're able to prioritize uh, the things that you do in your life. Anything that you find yourself doing that's uh, uh, repeated and uh, it does not, <clears throat> excuse me, it does not give you a great boost for your efforts. Start looking at how you could outsource it or even just get rid of it. Look at all the physical stuff that you do that is not necessary towards your goal. And if you can outsource it or pay somebody else to take care of it, try to, if at all, you know, possible. The next thing is start looking at any type of systems, meaning turning the complex into the simple, looking at things that uh, can be put into a macro. Remember the guy I used to work with that uh, had a, excuse me, had different documents uh, for how to work with him on things. And oh, and I need to say this, (laughs) out of the entire company, he was only one of two people that took care of what he did in that department and everybody wanted to go to him because he was the best. So let that marinate as well. But think about looking at yourself from a 30,000 foot view and see what are the things that you end up always having to say over and over again, showing or telling people so that you can have a better interaction with them. Look and see, can you get that down to a point where you say it once and then you put it in a way where you don't have to say it over and over again? You 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 will save a whole bunch of minutes, hours, or even days over the course of your life for doing it. And I'm very thankful to him that I'm now just remembering that I'm going to start doing that. You know, the next thing is, is this whole simplifying and, oh, I forgot to remind you about leverage. Don't forget, leverage. Making sure that you can take advantage of the power of many to do what it would take the one to do, okay? So let's get back to it, um, to the simplifying. When you start to look at areas to simplify, when you're looking at a quote-unquote lazy person who is in this high-performance area, they first deal with, not always first, but a lot of times they deal with all of the decisions that they would need to make on a daily basis that they don't have to make anymore. They don't worry about what clothes am I going to wear? They've got a short sleeve version and a long sleeve version. That way, if there is a one-off where they got to go to an award show or something like that, that can get some attention because it's just a one-off and they know they're not going to have to do it all the time. Uh, What are you going to eat? I find that a lot of people have a rotating set of diets that they eat for different times of the year so they don't have to think about it. So look at all of that stuff that would take up your um, bandwidth of your daily choices and thinking and then start to simplify looking at every area where you can make it uh, even simpler, smoother, if you will, less time consuming to do the same thing and get the get the same or better results. So you guys, there is a lot of wisdom out there. So don't look your nose down because you see other people not working as hard as you. 
especially if they're getting ahead faster than you. So guess what? Yeah, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Smiber, your practical priestess of wisdom with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and uh, send me any notes if you have any questions or anything that um, you'd like for me to discuss. And thank you, everybody. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for the boost in listens and downloads. I appreciate that. So I'll talk to you soon. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.